for tuning into our Soul Talks podcast. We're Christy and Bill Galtier. We have wonderful stories and insights from C.S. Lewis to share with you. He is one of the most influential Christian writers in history. This series is called Stepping into Narnia. Like the children in Lewis's famous fiction books, we all long to live in a world of beauty, adventure, intimacy with God, and fruitfulness for God. To me, Narnia is like the kingdom of the heavens. Yes, Lord Jesus, teach us more about living with you in your Father's world. Hi, friends. Welcome to Soul Talks. We're so grateful to be able to be connected with you, and we love hearing from you. Marilyn, thank you for writing to us and telling us, you say, I have listened to almost every podcast you have on my cell phone, more than once on some. I can't get enough of that, especially on the emotional teaching. You've taught me how to put language to my emotions and needs. I'm learning to empathize and also to ask for empathy from my husband. Related to this, I've struggled with anxiety, and your book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, has really helped me. Thank you, and God bless your ministry. I will continue referring anxious friends and others to soul shepherding. Thank you, Marilyn. What an encouragement you give us and how grateful we are for the ways you're following Jesus with us and learning and growing in him and then loving your neighbors and inviting them too. Articulating our experiences and feelings with people who are good listeners is such an important part of our spiritual life. That is for sure. Even just last night, I was kind of clogged up emotionally and I was feeling distant from God. And I started to talk to you about how I was feeling distant from God and then came out all my emotions. And then afterwards I said, oh, thank you. I'm feeling close to God again. We all need a soul friend. Not everybody has that in their husband or their wife, but it's so important that we have some safe people in our life that we can unpack our our life with, our feelings, our experiences, our struggles, our hopes, our fears, and know that we're going to receive listening without advice, certainly without judgment, without a bunch of cheerleading, you know, rah, rah, you can do it. You know, re- reassurance isn't really what we need. We need validation yeah. of our experience, and that helps us to know that, that God's listening, that God cares. Of course, we know that intellectually, but to actually experience it. Yes. is a big deal that's uh, central to our intimacy with God. Yeah. And if you don't have that in your life, at least reach out and start with a counselor or a spiritual director. If you do have it in your life, you might need a counselor and spiritual director too. I've got an appointment on Monday because I, you know, I don't want to just only rely on you or my friends. It's It's good to have more places too for us to process out and to be listening to God and keep our connection with God open. Yeah, for someone who's newer and learning the language of feelings and how to be vulnerable and how to really connect and how to how to receive the empathy and the compassion because that's not an automatic thing. Just because right. someone's giving it to you doesn't mean you're receiving it. That's right. You have to learn how to agree with it. That's really important, Bill. It took me a long time to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for uh, Marilyn your your testimony there. Yes. We uh, and heard- your prayers. Mm-hmm. And we heard from Adam Ormord, who's a worship pastor in Phoenix, Arizona. And Adam says, our podcasts and our Soul Shepherding devotional emails have been a beacon of encouragement. He says, there's such a, a tendency for us in leadership, try to be the superhero of the church. And this keeps us all stuck in a sick cycle of production, as mm. an overproduction 
worry and self-reliance and we need to cut through all that bravado, he says, mm. and do some deep work yeah. of the soul. And he appreciates that uh, Soul Shepherding is helping him do that. He also uh, watches our videos. We have a number of videos on the Soul Shepherding website that he's found helpful. So thanks for listening, Adam. Yes, thank you, Adam. What an encouragement. And I love your stating this about needing to break through that bravado and that image, because that's what we're talking about today, Bill. We had the opportunity of having this intimate view into C.S. Lewis and a little bit of the human in him. It's so easy to idealize him as this great, great saint, this great man of God, and, you know, to read him, be so impressed with him, project all this, you know, perfection onto him. And yet here we got to just recently, we were blessed with the opportunity to spend a day in Oxford and to tour his home at the Kilns yeah. and his college where he taught, Model and College there, and to see an intimate view of some things that weren't so weren't so great, maybe that I didn't like, like the fact that his roof was so stained with cigarette or you know pipe cigar smoke from his constant smoking. I guess it was a pipe for him, but the ceilings um, in the house, yeah, were, the ceilings were really in the smoke house. stained, and the, and the carpet very smoke stained. Yeah, you yeah. have an allergy to smoke, and yeah. so it's hard for you. Yeah, yeah. Some of the personal things like that, but some of the other personal things that I I loved, like he he was an animal lover and he mm-hmm. loved nature and. It was just fun to get that intimate view of the human him, the real person. Yes. Yeah. Well, tell us about the uh, C.S. Lewis, the cat lover. We didn't know about that. And that really got your heart. (laughs) It did. Yeah. I was so happy to hear when we were there how they had lots of cats and they always welcomed them in and fed them well and special and they would just get more and more and it wouldn't be uncommon to have several cats just, you know, coming in and sitting and and purring on their laps and uh, and then it was so fun because we went into the kitchen, and in the kitchen there was this picture. It was an old photograph. It was faded, discolored, but it was just sitting there, leaning up on the kitchen, and it had a picture of Paxton, their gardener, and a cat that he was holding and cuddling one of the cats. And I just, I just loved it. And I thought that so showed the personalness and the warmth that we learned that Lewis had, that he extended so much in loving his neighbor and even his neighbor animals, you know, and his neighbor gardener and how he just was so welcoming and hospitable in those those ways, you know, feeding them. And the, the smile on Paxton's face was just awesome. I just loved it. He just, you could tell he felt so valuable, loved, wanted, you know, like he belonged, just at ease. So when uh, the Bible says in Romans 12 and other places, practice hospitality. Yeah. That includes cats. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, what we're talking about, that, I mean, Lewis wasn't perfect at this hospitality. It was really not hospitable how smoky the house was. <laughs> Apparently the cats didn't mind. But, um, but you know, we we give what we can give. And we don't withhold because we can't do it perfectly. Like, it was beautiful that he wasn't ashamed to have people to his house. Yeah. Even though they mm-hmm. said it was a mess. It was a wreck. It was cluttered. It was dirty. It was, you know. So, yeah, he was very generous taking yeah. people in. Uh, we know he took, of course, he took in Joy Gresham when she was just a fan of his from America yeah. and writing him. And mm-hmm. many people wrote him, thousands of people wrote him, and he answered yeah. all their letters, you know, by hand. And there were a number of t- people that he met in, in a nearby restaurant or um, invited them to his home. And Joy Gresham was one of those. And even his living situation expressed this sense of hospitality and community. And that uh, they're at the kilns that we visited in Oxford. And by the way, we encourage all of our listeners, if you can get out to Oxford, England and visit the kilns, Mm -hmm. it's worth the visit. And you just make a small donation. It's very 
low key, very personal. And, you know, we were with a group of about maybe eight or 10 people and we're just touring each room of the house and hearing stories about his life. Well, and it was fun when we were waiting for them to start that tour. We, we were talking to the gardener. Yeah. And I, I said to Bill, I said, He's the he's the modern day Paxton. Yeah. He was just just like I would have expected Paxton to be. It was really fun to just be there. We had a picnic by the pond where Lewis would wake up and go swimming every morning. Yeah, it was beautiful. That pond, uh, it was even more beautiful, I guess, in Lewis's day. It didn't look very swimmable now, but it used to have more water in it, less algae. It was very quiet. A yeah. tremendous place to yeah. reflect, and, and what an amazing thing to just sit there, you and I, and. Our son, David, and daughter-in-law, Brianna, just sit there on the, the bench there right by the pond and have our lunch and just reflect on, you know, hey, this is where C.S. Lewis sat. This is where he swam. This is where he prayed. And wow. Yeah, what a blessing there to be at the kilns and there in the home where C.S. Lewis lived with his brother, Warney. Yes. And their friend, I keep his forgetting. His best him. friend, Patty, Patty, who died in the war, World War One. they fought together. and But they made a promise before Patty was killed when they first enlisted, that if one of them was lost in the war, the other promised to take care of the other one's family. And so Lewis kept that promise. And so Mrs. Moore and her daughter, he took care of them and she lived with them, you know, to the end of her life. The daughter grew up and moved out and, you know, got on with her life. But so, yeah, just even the fidelity there that you see that he had, even with warning and that faithfulness, you see that in his life. Yeah, particularly with warning. Our listeners may not know, but Warning was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he was a moderate alcoholic. He was functioning well, basically, but uh, he, he drank too much. Yeah. You know, but Lewis cared for his brother and supported him and was faithful. Loved to him, him and, and appreciated him and, yeah. and their relationship. Yeah. So a great inspiration that we got there just being there at, at C.S. Lewis's house and getting a personal look into his life. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that was a, a great surprise was his bedroom. Yeah. So are you thinking of the staircase? Or yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was very small and humble anyway. But the, the room was, yeah. The room was. But yeah, the way that he, the only access to his bedroom would have been through Mrs. Moore's bedroom, which was the big, nice bedroom, which he gave her. And so he got a lock and he installed a lock on the door from her room to his room. And so threw that, away the key. And threw away the key, never found it, never knew it was. And so then to get in and out, he built this, it's called a staircase, but it's really a ladder. It's, yeah. It is. It's a ladder, like like you would take a ladder up to a loft is what it reminded me of. Yeah, so it's a second story yeah. bedroom. And then he yeah. has this ladder-like staircase going outside. Outside, yes, to the side of the house. And so... He would stay up late. He'd stay up late answering his letters and reading. He was a night owl. And then he'd have to go out in the cold and the snow and around the house and up this ladder to his little door in his room. That was how he went to the bathroom yeah. uh, in a cold night. Yeah. It or was how he got we, sick. Or, yeah. That's how he got in and, in and out of his room. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny because, I mean, in the one sense, it was so obvious that there would have been a better way, a well, smarter way. Well, particularly what's funny is when after Mrs. Moore died, and of course that's not funny, but no. after, after she died, he didn't fix that. He just kept doing the same routine for years Yeah, until yeah. when he Joy, Joy came yeah. into his life and they developed a relationship. And when she learned what he was doing there, she yeah. said, well, have you ever thought about going to the locksmith and yeah. taking care of this? He, he kind of scratched his head like... <laughs> So I thought your comment was very interesting about this. Well, yeah, because we think of him as being so brilliant. And yet, 
it's just an example of how you can be really brilliant in one area, really smart, really gifted, really talented, and yet kind of stupid in some other areas. And that was helpful to me because I relate to that. And I wish I was half as brilliant as C.S. Lewis, but I am a, a, a thinker and an you idea are. person yes. and have my gifts as a teacher and a writer. And, uh, you know, people listen to me and think that I'm smart. But then there's other things in my life like C.S. Lewis's staircase that I'm, I'm just not I'm not good at. It. I don't have aptitude for that. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's it's just true about all of us. We all have our areas of strength, our areas of weakness, our areas where we, we don't really have aptitude. And I know that, and yet I can still feel self-conscious or uh, insecure or self-critical about my weaknesses. And so when I see someone that I admire, like Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis, for so many good reasons, his writing, his thinking, his teaching, his his ministry to people, his care for people, his walk with the Lord, so many great things about him, and then see, well, like you were saying earlier, you know, he's a human being, and he's got idiosyncrasies, and he's got issues, weaknesses like this that, you know, he's not really using his head here in common sense. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I was so happy that you received encouragement from that because, I mean, I love you so much and I admire you so much. And so for you to receive some grace there for yourself made me really happy. So C.S. Lewis, what else about C.S. Lewis did you appreciate? Well, we got to walk to his church. He went to a church, it was his parish, just right there in his town, a small country church. and. We we ran into somebody there who knew a lot about Lewis and his life, and he said, well, do you want to see where he sat every Sunday? And so we got to sit in the pew right by the pillar in the center of the church where he would he would sit every Sunday. We sat in the spot yeah, that, that C.S. Was Lewis and Warney sat every Sunday for many years. Yeah, and then it was fun to hear that he said Lewis would come early to every service, and he would read the Psalms. And, I love that, yeah. praying the Psalms. He wrote a book on praying the Psalms that I really appreciated. Yeah, so there he is early in church with Warney, and they're, they're praying through the Psalms before the service starts, and they, they like that spot there right on the end, Yeah, and a couple of reasons. One is there was a pillar there he could kind of hide behind if he wanted. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> C.S. Lewis yeah. is uh, kind of a private person for our yeah. friends that know the Enneagram. He's Enneagram 5. That's the investigator and observer that's you know really watching and learning and taking things in, but can be a little awkward socially and wants their privacy. Yeah. So there they were hiding behind that pillar. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the end, because then they could step out before the crowds. That's what he said. They are always the first to leave, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first to arrive, yeah. first to leave. Reminds me of your dad, another yeah. Enneagram 5. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was just really a joy and very special to be there. And then we got to go over to the bookstore, Blackwell's Bookstore, where he, he had an ongoing, a rolling account, I guess it was called. Yeah, that was a big deal for me. Yeah, tell us more. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a reader, I'm a writer, and C.S. Lewis is uh, such an incredible mentor to me. And so to be in the bookstore that he shopped at, and that for all these years, people have been going to Blackwell's there in Oxford to buy books, including C.S. Lewis books. I had this romantic idea that I would buy an original edition of a C.S. Lewis well, book. Well, you held one. Well, I held one, but you it was like it. <laughs> $250 or something. <laughs> the other ones were over 1000 It's like, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I remember you picking that up. It was behind a locked cabinet, yeah. um, getting it out because you asked if they had any originals. And she says, oh, yes. And you handed it to you and you looked at the price, like $1,000. And you said, and he thought his books would only stay in print for five years, you said. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing when, uh, when he was near the end of his life and his 
he was having a conversation with his estate attorney trying to, you know, take care of all of his final arrangements and have his things in order. And he said to the attorney, well, I'll be surprised if my books are still in print five years from now. And that was his humility. Yeah. Now yeah. It's, it's 50 years later and they're selling better than ever. Well, I think this really reminds us of how God is at work in ways we have no idea. When we just are faithful to him, we just offer ourselves to him in humility. That's what Lewis did. He didn't set out with any great ambition. He just did the next good thing that God gave him to do. Mm -hmm. And look how God's used him. And what a surprise to him. He never saw himself as this big, famous Christian figure. In fact, you know, at his funeral, we learned, was very low attended, you know, just not very many people at all, like 12 or something. He, he died on the day of Kennedy's shooting. So, you know, he kind of, people didn't hear about it much. And so just to remember that, that we don't always see visibly what God's doing in the spiritual realm with just our faithfulness to him and the seeds we're sowing. Yeah. So I really hope that all of our, you who are listening receive some encouragement in this to think that, wow, so, you know, C.S. Lewis was having a lot more impact for Christ mm-hmm. than he realized. Yeah. And that's true for you too. Yes. And so if you're a pastor of a church with 100 people in it and you're feeling like, you know, you're not keeping up with those who have a thousand and more in their church and, you know, your, your influence is small, or if you're a faithful small group leader or parent or whatever line of work that you're in, whatever your course your life is going, there are people around you who are looking to Jesus yeah. through you. And there is more, more blessing, more impact uh, for the Lord, more fruit mm-hmm. that's being born than you know. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I get to hear this because I, I have had many people sit on my couch in the counseling office and tell me a story about somebody, a neighbor or somebody who they saw Christ in before they were even a Christian, but they remembered it made an impact. It shone a light towards Christ. And we struggle with this sometimes, too, and mm-hmm. our, our listeners might not think that. You might think, well, wow, mm-hmm. you got this website getting a million page views a year, you've got this new podcast that's growing, and you're getting 1,200 downloads a week, and you've got all these people subscribing to your Soul Shepherding devotional, all these pastors and leaders that are connecting with you for counseling and care and in groups and in your TLC program. You have such a full ministry. You must just be so thankful to God that you're just doing all this great work with Him. And of course, we are thankful to the Lord, but Gosh, there's a lot of times that we feel like maybe we're not doing enough, we're not reaching enough feel people. feel like or, we're failing. Yeah, I feel like it's just not very valuable or fruitful. Because, you know, we look in the mirror and we see our weaknesses, we see our struggles. and Yeah, and so it's, it encouraged me to be at Lewis's house, to be at his college, to see how he was faithful, humble before the Lord, and to see how the Lord worked, you know, in him and, and through him, and still is. Yeah, ultimately our impact is with individual people who are pressing in closer to Jesus uh, around our bodies or around our, our voice or around our our life. And most of that we don't see. Mm-hmm. And so that's very encouraging to know that God is doing wonderful works of grace to touch people's hearts and lives beyond what we realize through our lives. So, uh, listeners, you matter. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus says. You are the light of the world. And so, Lord, help us to be salty for you Mm -hmm. and to illuminate for you. Help us 
none of us, Lord, let us not to play ourselves small or think ourselves insignificant, but in humility before you, our great God, to know that you have endorsed our life and our ministry to serve as Christ's ambassadors and our listening, our care, our encouragement, our gentle wisdom, the service, the work that we do, the relationships that we're in. When we enter into that prayerfully, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for you and for all eternity. And so, Lord, thank you for this, and thank you for this lesson from C.S. Lewis and just the many blessings of getting more close to his life as we reflect on his story and his home there at the Kilns and other things about his life. We praise you, Lord. Bless our listeners now, today, this week, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. The message is getting out. In just over one year, we've surpassed 50,000 downloads. You can continue to help us grow this community by using the share button on your podcast app or iTunes. Also, all of our podcast episodes are on soulshepherding.org, so you can paste the link into an email. We're loving hearing your comments and questions. You can connect with us on our website, on social media, or by replying to our weekly Soul Shepherding devotional email. We look forward to stepping into Narnia with you again next week. 